Okay, well, we live in uncertain times, you know, uncertainty in the end time. We know we're in the last days because the Bible says in Acts 2, you're in the last days. Well, this is 2,000 years later, so we're probably in the last chapter. Maybe we're on the last page. Now, no one knows the day or the hour, but it's a lot nearer than it used to be. And we can see with things just around, uh, you know, in our own nation and around the world, we can see things are kind of speeding up. They're going to head somewhere. Got a gentleman up there called Donald Trump, and just us coming out um, to head to church, and I put on um, Christian TV, Shine TV, and there was Donald, and he was in the Dallas uh, First Baptist Dallas Church speaking away there. And, uh, you know, it's quite a significant thing that uh, I can remember seeing a prophecy dated in 2009 that Donald Trump would become president. Not only that, but Donald Trump would get saved. Same prophecy. So part one has happened. And he doesn't pretend to be a Christian, but at least he's in the Christian churches now. And uh, he got a, a massive support from the Christians and quite, prop, quite possibly because of the Christian vote, which is huge in America when they actually galvanized together, he got in. And uh, he, he has a, even though he doesn't live the Christian life, he has very strong conservative views, very pro-Christian. So, of course, Mike Pence, his, uh, his deputy uh, vice president there, is a great Christian guy. So we've got Donald, we've got um, Mrs. May, we've got just a number of scenes up there that depict uncertainty and sadness that we live in our fallen world. And, you know, in our own nation, there are, there are laws and things that have been passed, that have happened, that have taken place that a, a number of years ago we never would have been believed. And yet God has said these sort of things would come to pass, that darkness would arise, but his, his light, his glorious gospel would still shine forth. So God indeed has, has it under control. And if you've got your Bibles there tonight, I'm just going to invite you to turn with me to the book of Matthew and chapter 24. Matthew and chapter 24. We're going to read some selected verses from this passage Matthew 24, in verse 3, it says, As Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, and they said, Tell us, Lord, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? We all want to know the, age, the, the, the date for the age. And someone asked me tonight, Am I going to make a date? And I said, Yes, with my wife. That's the only date I am going to make tonight. Okay. We all want to know. And Jesus answered and said, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Boy, we're seeing that increasing, aren't we? You know, we've got uh, uh, Russia and America, you know, eyeing each other up over Syria and Assyria. We've got Israel in the Middle East there, which is always a powder keg. We've got North Korea ready to go off. And, you know, all these things we can look and we could be alarmed. But the Bible says, don't fear. Don't be afraid. God says, I have it in control. And, and God goes on and he says these words that, uh, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. You know, since about the year 2000, the recorded number of earthquakes has just gone exponentially up as God is literally shaking the planet. He's getting things ready for the second coming. And the number is just many, many times has significantly increased. And there'll be these things. And then in verse 
8, it says, all these things are the beginning of sorrows, and the Greek is the beginning of birth pangs, as, as this planet travails to bring forth the purposes of God. Now, these are not always good things, and, and God doesn't want them, but these things can take place. And it says in verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. My friend, the end cannot come until the gospel is preached in every nation. And that's the supernatural gospel of Jesus Christ. God will have his way. He will take all the unsettledness, the shaking, the things that are taking place. And in that all that, that uh, ferment that's going on, God will turn it and use it for his purposes. And through that very thing, God will allow the gospel to be preached and go across this globe. His word will powerfully impact every continent, every nation. And thank God we can have a part to play in that. Our God will, he will reign. He will not be defeated or overcome by Satan. But God will reign and he will rule and a great and massive end time harvest will come in at the end. That is God's plan. You know, the time that we live in reminds me a little bit of uh, the 1970s. I was saved in the 70s, and it was quite a, a time of a disruption, a time where people were rebelling against things, and they were looking around for answers and, and uh, feeling quite unsettled. And I can remember on one occasion, I wasn't a Christian, and I was lying on Bondi Beach, and I was sunbathing and getting a really nice tan, and you can see it's worked. And, and I was lying there just minding my own business, and this young guy and young girl about my age, they came along, and they started to talk to me about Jesus. And I was, wow, do people do that today? I was really taken back by it. And we had probably a 20-minute conversation, and, and I can remember saying at the end, I said these words, I said, hey, what, you, what you've said makes sense, because I had never really considered the re, the 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 reality of God, I hadn't really considered it. I said, what you are saying makes sense, but I am not ready for that. Well, I, I left Australia. I, I broke up with my girlfriend. I left my job. I changed country. And God had somehow done some shaking in my life. And a few months later, I was ready. God had used the shaking and he'd got me ready. And I was now at Teachers College and there were people there witnessing to me and they were praying for me. I didn't know that at the time. And they'd get me along to the Christian meetings there. And, you know, within about maybe nine months, I'd given my life to Christ. God had used shaking. God had used shaking to bring, bring me closer to him. And maybe in your own life right now, you're experiencing shaking. You're experiencing things that are making you feel unsettled. God may not be the author, but he will use that. And he'll use that to bring you to himself. And if you have unsaved neighbors, God will do the same in their lives. He really will. I promise you that. I can remember at Teachers College on my very first day, the um, president of the college, he said these words. He said, uh, some of you are going to be here for three years, and, and you're going to have life-changing experiences. And I thought, wow, I hope that happens to me. And, um, you know, God was just softening my heart, and he was preparing the soil. Slide number two, a great harvest is coming. You know, Joel 3, verse 14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. The day of the Lord is near. God's plan is uncertain times is to bring 
in the harvest. When I was saved, uh, as I say, you know, in this country at that time in the 70s, there would have been tens of thousands of people giving their life to Christ. Churches were full. They were packed. You know, the church was vibrant. The church was to measure the head and not the tail. And I, I had the privilege of traveling around a lot of the country on my little wee motorbike there, my Honda 100 traveling around. And uh, I tell you, every church I went to, regardless of denomination, was largely packed out. People were praising God. They were rejoicing and victorious, and God was on the move. It was exciting days. And I thought, man, this is amazing. The church that I was in, Sydenham AOG, every Sunday night, every Sunday night, about 20 young people would stand down at the altar call and give their lives to Christ, radically born again. It was a fantastic time. And when this went on for months and months and months, and then we had a church split, and it all went. That was welcome to church life, but never mind. That was a, was a bit sad, but the nation knew that Jesus was alive. Well, God is preparing this land again for the outpouring of the Spirit, the great ingathering of the great harvest that God has planned for New Zealand. You know, this time it won't be tens of thousands. Oh, no, God has much greater things planned. He's going to bring, I believe, hundreds of thousands of people. I tell you, this won't just be our prayer meeting. This will be just the, for a certain age of the prayer meeting. God is going to absolutely blow our minds. He's going to impact the society. He's going to shake this nation with the Spirit of God. God is going to outpour the rain of heaven. You know, we've had a bit of rain tonight, but God is going to cause an outpouring of latter rain upon His church, not just this church, on every church, and God's going to have the final say in the land. You know, I love it when the early church was born. It says in Acts chapter 2, you know, and just as I'm just, uh, just looking at that, I, I'm just reminded of this. I, I can tell that I believe God is uh, picking up the tempo. I was um, invited to speak at Takapuna Grammar on um, Thursday, which really surprised me. And I thought, and so I went to this Christian group there, and uh, they're aged about 13 to 18, and I'm well, I'm a little bit older than that. And, and, and I thought, gee, what am I going to say to these guys? How am I going to relate to them? But you know, I felt God give me something about his purpose for your life. And, and, and I shared with these guys. And then a number actually gave their hearts to Christ right there at Takapuna Grammar. It was so exciting. And, um, you know, I've been praying for my, my friends and my family. And we're seeing God really move and do things. And it's just so exciting. So I want to encourage you to keep believing God. Well, we have here in Acts chapter 2. Um, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It was a great time, great prayer meeting, but look, it didn't just stay there in the prayer meeting. It says in verse 14, then Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted his voice and spoke to them and said, You men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and with your ears receive my words. And Peter preached Christ. He preached the gospel. He shared the good news with these people. And we know on that day, they, they cried out in about verse 37, What shall we do to be saved? And Peter said, he said, Repent. He said, get baptized in water and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're doing tonight. We're celebrating baptism because of these ones, what they have done. Fantastic. You know, this is a great thing. And it says that the early church just went on wherever they went and shared the good news of Jesus. And the early church was turned, uh, was turning the world upside down, upside down. You know, we've got great news to share, haven't we? We've got the best news in the world. It's just like the very best thing. And... Um, I just say, God, give us passion. 
You know, when people have got passion, they can do amazing things. Have you seen these rugby players? And, um, you know, they've got passion. And so their hand is broken. Their foot is being trampled. And they're still playing because they've got passion. You know, passion moves us and motivates. And I say, God, give me more passion for you. There's a story that some of you I know have heard this story, but it's worth repeating. It always challenges me when I hear it. Man by the name of Phil Baker. I've met him. He's from Perth. And he invited a man to speak to a group of pastors why they don't, why he did not believe in Jesus. So this man who did not believe, he was an atheist, he, he got before a bunch of pastors and he told them why he didn't believe. And this is what he said. He says, if what the Bible says is true, if there's a heaven, if there's a hell, if, if Jesus is God's son and he died on the cross and he rose from the grave, then why is there no passion to get the message out. Wow. Boy, I tell you, that is such a challenge to my heart. I say, God, keep the passion. Let it keep burning. Let it keep burning brightly. Because when there's passion, it's not a chore. It's not, it's not a hardship. Not I have to do this. No, I want to do it. I want to. You know, so I say, God, give me passion. And I, I hope and pray that you'll say, God, give me passion that together we might bring in the harvest that God has on his heart. Just tonight, four things to keep our passion, maybe to grow it. I want to just share with you the first one here is to pray. Luke 10 and verse 2, it's, and he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. You know, he didn't just say pray for the harvest. No, no, he said pray for the laborers. We're the ones who need the prayer. You know, if you look at, yeah, we really, really do. And um, that, that's such a big thing. And uh, about a year or so ago, Joel Holmes spoke a, a message at, in Christchurch at conference that so impacted me. And he said this, he would be praying every day for his neighbors. Every day. I thought, man, I'm going to do that. And so since that time, I may have missed the odd day. You, you do sometimes, I guess. But I've tried every day to pray for my neighbors to get saved. Every day I pray for my family to get saved. I don't just pray God bless them. I don't just pray God will help them. I pray God save them every single day. And, and I'm believing God that God will answer my prayer. So I'd prayed for about six months. We come up to, or maybe nine months. We come up to Christmas time. I thought, man, I better see what's happening with my praying. So come on, Debbie. And we, we go knocking on some doors and uh, bringing something. I, I guess we'll be bringing things. I know we brought honey to someone. Yeah, and we were bringing things and happy Christmas and just to see what was happening with the neighbors. You know, you don't really see them a whole lot. And we got to pray for, for just for one. Uh, another one uh, thought, well, I think they might have thought we were... Yeah, real estate agents, but since then the husband's come twice, twice to apologize, so I'm believing he's going to be open, you know, and, and we had a, a great time of connecting with our neighbors, so I'm keeping on praying now, and one of our neighbors, she's been really very hard to reach, but um, I remember inviting her to conference, and I had a sticker there to invite her, and she talked about being unwell, I said, oh look, a um, <clears throat> bit of courage here, could, could I pray for you? He says, oh, go ahead then, pray for me, yeah. So I did, I prayed for her. So um, yeah, we really believe in God to step out of our comfort zone and to do that. So, you know, I want to encourage you just to pray for people. 
There are lots of people out there that are ready right now. Ready. I couldn't believe this. I've had a bit of a difficulty with my eye, and I was at the, uh, the uh, hospital, and uh, one of the nurses we saw, I, I just mentioned, because I tried to do this, uh, I said, oh, I'd like my eye to be okay because I want to go to Sydney. My son's a pastor of a church. I'm a pastor. So I'm inserting God into the conversation. Very, very, and she said, oh, Really? And she was really interested. So we got talking, and Debbie and I, we spent the next 30 minutes in a really busy surgery. She did not want to stop asking questions. I thought, man, I know there are other Christians. I know them. They're great people in that surgery who work there, and they've never shared. They've never shared with this lovely person who was so ripe and so ready. You know, the harvest is all around us. The harvest you have always. So give focus to prayer. It will really help the motivation and the passion to keep going. Number two is to go. Mark 16 verse 15, go into all your world and preach the gospel. Yes, we need to pray, but we also need to go. And so I've made a habit. This is just me. I'm not asking you to do this for a minute. But I make a point of just trying to get out most sad days and sharing my faith on the streets and in the malls of Auckland. And the staggering thing is, people are open. You know, when I first began to do this, I was staggered and I could not believe how many were open. They actually like to talk about God and want to know answers. And if they don't, I just say, thank you, no problem. And I just smile and on I go my merry way because I'm just looking for ripe souls. I'm not looking for anyone else because they're not ready. That couple that came to me on uh, Bondi Beach, I was actually open but didn't know it, but I wasn't quite ready. So, you know, they just moved on. But in a few months later, it was my time. And that's the thing. So all we're looking for is those that God has made ripe and made ready. The rest we can just say, hey, God, just keep working on them, we pray. But we're only looking for ripe souls. Jesus said, my father works and I work. So just see who God is working on and just insert God or church or an invite into the conversation. If there's no response, that's it. You don't need to go any further. You've done your job. A story I'll just tell on myself. It's a long time ago because I'm so much better now. But years ago, I was speeding to come to church. <laughs> I, was, I was speeding. And unfortunately, I got caught <laughs> by Mr. Traffic Officer. And he pulled me over. And this was a really long time ago. I was song reading in those days. So it was <clears throat> one or two years ago. So, you know, none of you could even remember that. But it, it's true. And he pulled me over. And as he pulled me over, the musos all come driving past, all staring at me like this as they're going past. And I was so embarrassed. And he says to me, he says, oh, you were speeding. Uh, is there any reason why you were speeding? I said, well, yes, I'm actually on my way to church and I'm late and I've got the key. Oh, church. What church is that? And I told him about our church up here. So, look, I'll let you off this time, but just don't do it again. I, I, yeah, absolutely. So I got there, got an applause from the, from the band as I came in and opened up for them. And guess what? Next Sunday, who was in church? That, that traffic officer and his wife. Now, I can't remember if he actually got saved, but about two weeks later, I did a pastoral visit into his home. True story true story that man was open you know and you can just use any situation just use anything at all but don't do that again don't do that again okay okay you know there's one lady in our church and I won't mention her name 
And, you know, the thing about is just to be yourself, because my next slide, I'll bring it up right now, number three, is just relax and be who you are. You know, I'm not you and you're not me, so just be who you are. This lady in our church, she, she doesn't often use words with her gospel, but she's always cooking people things. She's picking them up. She's carrying them around. She's bringing them to church, and they're getting saved. She's passionate. She's passionate in her area of gifting. All God wants us to be is ourselves. And the other thing about relaxing, we're part of a great team. And you and I might, may talk to someone, and they, we may you know, nudge them forward just one step. And that's all we need to do, because the next person comes along the line, and they pick them up, and they move them on one more step. I remember some years ago, I was talking to a guy, I witnessed to him, and uh, I thought, man, this guy is so open, but he just wasn't quite ready to make that, that decision to come to Christ. And I did think about him a few times, and some months later, I met him, and I began talking to him. And since I'd been talking to him, he'd actually got saved and was now going to a church. See, I'd been part of a link in a chain. And you know, the Bible says that the sower and the reaper rejoice together. They rejoice together in the harvest. Why? Because we all have our part to play. We, we're not all called to be reapers. We don't have to be. We only need to play our part. And maybe your part is transporting someone to the house of God, cooking them a meal. It's maybe praying for them and just doing kind words and the odd, you know, whatever it may be. But just playing our part. We can relax. We don't have to try and see the world saved. That's God's, that's God's business. Okay. All right. So moving on to our fourth and final point here tonight. And it's just a very brief one. Okay. It's feed. Feed your passion. You know, feeding the passion is the thing that will just... Just be so good. Yeah, I'm just bringing up my, my notes here. Okay. Maybe read a book on personally sharing your faith or just go on and watch some videos online. Um, go to a small group. You know, most small groups are pretty passionate about souls. We, Debbie and I were just in one on Friday night, and we were talking about this with the group, and they were telling us, and they said, oh, we prayed every time we would meet for this lady's husband, and we prayed for him, and he wasn't coming to church, and he wasn't coming to the group, but we prayed for him, and one, one week he came, and he'd just come, and then one week he came, and he wanted to pray the sinner's prayer, and so he prayed with us in the group, and he received Christ. And then, you know, uh, time went on and it was a bit later. And this, that same man finished work, came along to the group about quarter to nine at night. And we had the privilege of just saying hi and meeting him. Wow, isn't that so cool? You know, a small group is a great place to keep the fire and the ignition strong for souls, strong for God. It really, really is. Um, there's the website you may like. It's called The One Minute Evangelist. I personally recommend it. They're just short little clips of 30 seconds, 60 seconds, no more. And they'll just be thoughts and ideas that can come your way. Tonight as we finish, I'm going to ask the band to come up right now, and we're going to put up our final slide tonight, and I want you to think of maybe five or even ten people that as yet haven't given their hearts to Christ. They don't know the Lord yet, and uh, I want us just to say these verses over them in faith, and we'll say these verses twice each. We'll move through. And the last declaration we will declare will be my friends and family will be saved. We will say that twice as well. Then this in faith will give God a mighty clap offering. And uh, the team could really, you know, do what they can. That'll be powerful. And then come on, on commission my soul. And when we're singing and declaring, 
Do it in faith. Do it believing God for the friends and the family that come to your mind as we're saying these verses. So could you please stand with me right now? And we're just going to make a declaration over these verses. And you guys with the mics, if you could help us and uh, speak nice and loud into them, that would be great as well. So on the count of three, we're going to declare these verses for our unsaved friends and unsaved families. Here we go. One, two, three. You will be saved and your household. You will be saved and your household. God is not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. God is not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friends and family will be saved. My friends and family will be saved. Let's give God a clap offering tonight. Let's receive that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.